What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What is going on everyone? My name is Andy. Welcome back to another FPL video. In this one we got a bit of an early Q&A. So obviously we're in the international break. There's still quite a few days until the deadline. I thought it'd be good to go through some of your questions. Obviously anything else that's not covered in this video I will cover in the rest of the videos that are coming next week as well. So it's all questions in this one and I'll give you my thoughts on what you guys have asked. So if you enjoyed the video make sure to give it a like, hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already and let's jump into it. All right, let's start with goalkeepers. Is it about time we considered a goalkeeper transfer? Lots of people are on Areola and Turner. Turner has lost his place and West Ham aren't good defensively. Now, I agree with all that, which means, yes, I would consider a goalkeeper transfer at some point when you've got a spare move and the money in the bank to upgrade because obviously Areola and Turner are about as cheap as it gets. Now, I don't think the situation is so bad that you need to panic about it. I mean, to be fair, I don't tend to panic about too much in FBL. I'm happy to hold on to players through good fixtures and stuff like that. But I, I think if you've got like Matoma to Inbermo lined up or you want to get a different forward in or you want to replace one of your defenders, most of those moves would usually go ahead of making a goalkeeper switch. And the reason that I say that is most seasons we have a four million pound goalkeeper on the bench that doesn't even play. So yes, it's not great that Matt Turner's lost his place, but going forward, that's no different to how we'd usually play anyway. And yes, West Ham haven't been good defensively, but cheap goalkeepers always find a way to get uh, points at some stage, right? A lot of saves in one match. Maybe they nick a clean sheet and get some bonus in another. And all of a sudden, things don't look quite so bad. So I'm not suddenly thinking that Ariola's got to go and I need a different goalkeeper. But it is definitely something that's on my mind at some point. And I've looked quite a lot at plans for the next six or so weeks. And I'm not going to go into great detail about them now. But if I'm happy to keep Salah, Son, Saka, Watkins, Haaland, like getting Burmo in, suddenly I've got a lot of attackers I don't need to sell. So I do have spare transfers for defenders and goalkeepers. And like I said, if I've got that spare one, I will make that move. Now, who will I bring in? That is not locked in by any means. But I would prefer to upgrade Turner rather than Ariola. I know I've just said that in most seasons we have that dud goalkeeper on the bench. But because Ariola is so cheap, it would be nice to have two playing goalkeepers if you can. So one player I would look at is Flecken. And you need a playing goalkeeper with him because he's going to blank in game week 18. If the double goes into game week 20, it'll be Palace away and Man City away. Now on paper, that's not great. But I would just treat the Man City fixture as kind of a bonus. You've got that extra game. Because before the blank and afterwards, around the double, the fixtures are pretty good. And the Brentford defence isn't bad either. So he is someone I would look at. I also think Chelsea, who we're going to talk about a little bit later as well, their fixtures are going to turn soon. And Sanchez is only 4.6 million. And defensively, their numbers have been really good all season. I know they've just conceded four goals to Man City, but that's also the best attack, uh, usually anyway, in the league. And I just think from... I don't know, kind of from now for a long time, like maybe up until people wildcard around game week 30. I think game week 31 will be popular. 
there's lots of good fixtures in there for Chelsea. And I think in some of the ones where it's not so good, like, so take Liverpool away in game week 22. I think Ariola's got a good fixture. I could be wrong. Yeah, Bournemouth at home, for example. Uh, let's just check the rest. So Sanchez has also got Man City away in 25 and Spurs at home in 26. So 25 and 26. Ariola's got Forest away in Brentford at home. So it is a little bit better. So Sanchez is another goalkeeper I would look at. I don't think given the money in my squad right and people's might be different that i'm looking to get someone like allison or edison i just think that's going to be too much money but i think while flecken's still 4.5 and sanchez is only 4.6 they look really good like if you could find that 0.6 million to upgrade turner i do think that's going to be worthwhile and it might be that if west ham keep performing like this maybe that goalkeeper transfer should trump another one but it's not currently in that situation for me and i just think although west ham haven't been great you got Burnley away this week, Palace at home in 14, Spurs away in 15 is going to be tough, and then it's Fulham away in 16, Wolves at home in 17. I just think on paper, yes, they've been bad, but those fixtures are pretty good, which is why I'm just not in a rush. But if some point over the next couple of weeks, I've got two free transfers, not really anything else to do, I'm more than happy to make a goalkeeper switch. So Matoma's recent returns have been underwhelming, just one in his last six games, and that was only an assist as well. So he hasn't scored for more than six games, with a combined 1.1 expected goals. So not great. Is it time to look at alternatives, even though Brighton have Forest, Brentford and Burnley in the next four game weeks? And they are pretty good fixtures on paper. I think Matoma is one of those players that you're not going to feel forced to sell. And it's going to come down to who else you don't own and how much money you've got in the bank. Like, do I think Eze is better over the next three fixtures? Yes. Is Matoma to Eze a must-do move? Probably not. If you don't own Imbermo and Matoma to Imbermo was your plan, I think that's a great move still, despite those fixtures mentioned. And if you've got money in the bank to go to someone like Bowen instead, that could be better too. Because the thing to look at with Matoma is, yes, in theory, Forest away this week and Brentford at home in 15 and Burnley at home in 16 are decent. But you've still got to get through Chelsea away in game week 14, which isn't necessarily a great fixture on paper. And, and I know I've talked about this a lot recently, Game weeks 14, 15, 16 is the weekend, midweek, weekend game weeks. So there is a chance that Matoma misses one of those games. Now, his starts have been pretty good this season. And in both games where he hasn't played, he has come on at halftime. So he's got 45 minutes in both of them. So overall, his minutes are still decent. But we've seen that Deserbi is happy to rotate. And that his squad maybe isn't used to playing so many extra games, right? Because of the Europa League. And having that midweek Premier League game is exactly the same situation in terms of rest time. So if he was going to get rested, could it be in that home game to Brentford? Possibly. Right? I think if Deserby can play him, then he will. But there is also that in the back of my mind. Also with the defender issues, they could also set up with a back three, which means he could play wing back. I don't think that's going to happen that often, but it's just all these things that make me think Matoma probably has to go sooner rather than later. I've got him. And if you've been following along, you know my move is to get Imbermo. I don't necessarily think I need to do that this week because Imbermo's got Arsenal at home. But by game week 14, Matoma will definitely be gone. I know that Brentford at home and Burnley at home on paper are pretty good, but it's not enough for me to keep hold of him. You might be in a different situation where the rest of your midfield you're happy with and there's no one else you really want, in which case, like I said, you could keep hold of him. There might be more priority moves or higher priority moves that you have. But I think for a lot of people it might be a good time to get rid of Matoma. Maybe not this week because of Nottingham Forest, but after that. So with no good replacement, should we keep or sell Matty Cash? I think for most people, 
there's no like pressing need to hold on to him. Like if you got him for 4.5 million, you got value tied up, you want to play him in some of the good fixtures they got coming up, fair enough. But for anyone that got on late, like 4.95 million, I don't think there's really anything that's stopping you from getting rid of him because of the fixtures that Aston Villa have. Like they do have a couple over the next six game weeks, which are good. But the rest of them are Spurs away this week. It's Bournemouth away in 14, which is okay, but it's still an away game. Then you've got Man City at home, Arsenal at home, not great. Brentford away in 17, I wouldn't say is that great either. And then Sheffield United at home in game week 18. Now that is the blank, but I don't know if that's enough to hold on to him. So I think you can sell him. But as always, it's going to depend on how your squad is set up. So for my team, this week currently, I've got Saliba and Gabriel playing against Brentford away and Gay against Luton away. I can just bench cash and then I will probably play him. Sorry, I will play him against Bournemouth away. And then I might sell him after that. So I don't really need to sell him. You might be in a slightly different position. In terms of there not being any good players to buy... I don't think that's necessarily true, but game week 13 isn't a perfect week for clean sheets, I would say, for most of the players that you want to buy. Like, if you don't own Saliba, I still think that cash to Saliba is a good move this week. I would trust Arsenal away to Brentford more than I would trust Villa away to Spurs. And then after that, they've got two good fixtures, plus he's absolutely nailed on. Now, Matty Cash hasn't missed a game in the Premier League when he's been fit and available, but when Moreno is fully fit, we could see that three centre-back setup. With Moreno bombing forward, so having like Conza, Diego Carlos, and Paul Torres, it is something that's possible. And I know we talked about that a lot, and it hasn't really happened, but it could. So I don't think Matty Cash is like so good that you've got to hold on to him. But he's also kind of not—he's not must sell either. But I've got to be honest, like I am struggling to find replacements for him after Saliba this week, particularly from kind of game weeks 14, 15 onwards. There are other options you could look at. So Pedro Paro from game week 15. I know people are down on Spurs at the moment, but by game week 15, Romero will be back. Udogi's obviously already back from suspension. They'll have Poro as well. The only defender they're missing is Van de Ven. And that is a big miss, but it's not as bad as having three of your four um, defenders out. And they've got West Ham at home in 15, Newcastle at home in 16, Forest away in 17, Everton at home in 18. They're not bad fixtures for someone who's very attacking. So Pedro Poro is someone to look at but probably not right now. You could look at Chelsea defenders, but not right now. So I think unless you're going to Saliba this week, like looking at the fixtures on paper, there's not a huge amount you would want. Man City and Liverpool probably both going to score. Nobody wants Luton defenders at home to Palace. Newcastle are playing Chelsea. And I think a couple of game weeks ago, you'd look at that and say, well, Newcastle are very strong at home, which they are. But now we've just seen Chelsea score four goals against Man City. Maybe there's a little bit of doubt there. So yeah, I think... Depending on your setup, you could easily keep cash, but he's definitely sellable. And although I'm going to keep him for my squad, I probably will get rid of him after Bournemouth. So is it better to sell Son or Trippier? Now, I don't want to sit on the fence here, but this is a really close call. Whichever way you decide, I think is perfectly reasonable. I made this choice back on Game Week 10 wildcard, and I chose to keep Son and sell Trippier. And the reason I did it at the time was, one, I just really didn't want to get rid of Son. But two, I felt like Newcastle's upcoming fixtures weren't quite as good as the previous five or six they'd had. And there were also a lot of cheap defenders that I thought would do really well. Fast forward to game week 13. Obviously, Newcastle have picked up some injuries. They've only kept uh, one clean sheet in the three games that I haven't owned Trippier. But obviously, Spurs have picked up injuries as well. And Madison is no longer there to create chances for Son. So it's quite even in that regard. But also, some of those cheap defenders 
don't look quite as good as they did. Now, I think Gabriel is still a pretty solid option. I don't think he's going to miss uh, start missing loads of games. But in the back of my mind, I'm always a little bit worried if he's going to start every single Premier League game because we saw him get rested against Sheffield United. Similarly, I had Simicast in game week 10 and now I've sold him because going forward, I'm a little bit worried about him as well. So all of a sudden, those cheap defenders I thought were fine to allow me to have Son, maybe not quite so good. Whereas Trippier is a solid option that you can just play every single week. We've just spoken about Matty Cash, how you could keep him because there's not too many players to go for. If you have Trippier, that's one decision that's just out of your hands every single week. You play him, maybe Saliba as well, and you've only got to pick one other defender most weeks. So from that perspective, I like Trippier. But I guess the question is, if I was making this decision again this week and wildcarding in game week 13, what would I do? I don't know. It's really hard. I'd want to keep Son because I'd want to stick with my decision from game week 10. But there are some slight worries about how Spurs will, will perform moving forward. And with Newcastle, they do have some nice fixtures coming up longer term. So Chelsea at home, Man United at home, Everton away and Spurs where I don't think is a great run personally. But then 17 is Fulham at home, Luton away in the blank, Forest at home after that. Then to be fair, it's Liverpool, Man City, Villa. And then they go straight into Luton, Forest, Bournemouth. So I don't know. They've kind of got like a little bit of a tricky period then. Good three. Then a little bit of a tricky period, then another good three. And because of the maybe the lack of defenders at the moment, or at least the perceived lack of defenders, Trippier is quite good. But I think in a few weeks, all of a sudden, Porro becomes an option, like I spoke about. Colwell for Chelsea as well. Maybe even Reese James. Maybe there will be more defenders. So I'm going to stick with my original choice and say I'd rather keep Son and sell Trippier. But I really don't think you can go wrong if you want to go the other way around. I guess the thing to do is look at, if you sell Trippier, are you going to be happy with your defence? If not, could you be happy with your midfield if you had to get rid of Son? Because I've got five midfielders like most people. There's still a bunch more that I would like to have in my squad if I could. So in terms of options, there's a lot more in midfield. But I'm going to stick with what I originally went and hope Son comes good even without Madison and say it's better to sell Trippier, but it is so close you could easily go the other way. So Chelsea's fixtures are about to turn and Reese James is back from injury. Do you see yourself owning James or any other Chelsea defender from game week 16? And the answer to that is yes. I am going to consider them. I think the fixtures from 16 are good. Their underlying stats are decent. They're top five this year for expected goals conceded. And I do foresee plenty of clean sheets for that run they've got. If we look at the matches from 16, you've got Everton away, Sheffield United at home, Wolves away, Palace at home, Luton away, Fulham at home. That's a really good run of fixtures. They could easily get two or three clean sheets over those matches. So I do want one of their defenders. Whether or not Reese James will be that defender, I'm not sure. I think with him, you tend to fall into two camps. You're either willing to go for that massive upside, and he is capable of very big scores, clean sheets plus attack and returns, or you've been burnt so many times, you just don't want to go back there because he does have a tendency to pick up injuries. I probably fall more into the wanting those big scores, but I am conscious that I've talked a lot about the fact there's a blank game week, there's fixture congestion in December. Is Reese James going to play all of those games with his injury record? I would say probably not, but he's also only 5.3 million. And I think when we consider players like Trent and Trippier as great attacking FPL defenders, if or when Reese James can stay fit, he is right up there. He is just as good as those players. That is why I always consider him. But again, we go back to the amount of games they've got. Um, game week 14, Brighton at home 
is on Sunday. They play Man United on Wednesday and then Everton on Sunday again. I mean, you probably wouldn't necessarily buy him for Newcastle away, Brighton at home, Man United away anyway. But I think he probably misses one of those games. So game week 16 onwards is not so bad. It's Sunday, then Saturday, then Sunday. But then they play on Wednesday against uh, Crystal Palace. So they play on Christmas Eve against Wolves on the 24th. And they play again on the 27th. And then again on the 30th. Is Reese James going to play all three of those matches and not get injured? Well, I would say probably not. And I think given the amount of injuries he's had and the fact they've got a good backup in Gusto now, he is probably going to miss those games. But when people say to me, he's so good it might not matter, I completely agree. So I think he's one of those players that I will stay open-minded about, but I won't pin all my FPL hopes on having a spare transfer or cash to bring him in. Um, if I get to a point where game week 16 is there and I've got the money to get him, then I would definitely consider it. But he's not someone I've kind of put on the yes, he's definitely coming in uh, category. If I don't go for him, I'm still going to be looking at Chelsea defenders. And I suppose the one I'd really want is Carwell because he's only 4.6 million. So he's the cheapest one that's likely to get good minutes. He's only missed one game so far against City and he did have an injury. So he has been pretty nailed on. Pochettino has been pretty consistent wanting to play him at left back. And look, I don't expect him to get anywhere near the amount of attacking returns that Reese James can. But he's also a lot cheaper and a lot less injury prone as well. So I think they are the two defenders I'm looking at. Obviously, you've got Thiago Silva who, despite being whatever age he is now, continues to play every single game, but surely he will also get rested um, over Christmas. And he's only 0.3 million less than Reese James. I know he's just scored, but if you're going to bet, bet on him or James in a match where they both start, you're always going to back Reese James for more attack and return. So, yeah, I think that's all I can say. Do I see myself owning Reese James? Absolutely, because I always want to if I can. But if not, I think I am going to try and get a Chelsea defender in. So nice and simple, what are my thoughts on Nkunku? I said in pre-season, I think he's got the potential to be a great FPL pick. And I think that's still the case. And he's even cheaper now. He started the season at 7.5. He hasn't played, so he's dropped to 7.3. So potentially he's great. But I think we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves. I know that Pochettino has said that he's going to be back after the international break. But we don't know that's game week 13. It could be 14, 15. Whenever Chelsea think he's ready, that is when he's going to play. And they're not going to rush him back. So I wouldn't be making solid plans that involve when exactly you're getting Nkunku in. And there's never any harm in planning ahead. It can be really useful. But if you do need a striker or a forward for 7.3 or below and you really want Nkunku, just make sure you've got a backup in mind as well. Because he might not be back straight after the international break. And even if he is fit, the chances of him starting straight away have to be quite low because he hasn't played a single minute since pre-season. So if he is ready for game week 13, presumably he'll be on the bench. And that could be the same for game week 14. And again, you've got those midweek fixtures, which means he's not going to be able to play all those games after being out for so long anyway. So let's say he's back for game week 13, Newcastle away. From the 25th of November to the 10th of December, 15 days, they got four games. And if he's only just back after being out for that long against Newcastle, I think the maximum amount of games he starts in that little period is probably two. And it could even be one as well. Now, maybe I'm being a little bit pessimistic. Maybe we should be more optimistic. But I just think that is the reality when a player's been out that long. And also Chelsea are playing well. So maybe they haven't got that need to throw him straight in. They can bring him back in slowly. Maybe make a bench uh, appearance off the bench, then another one in the next game, and then give him a start from there. So, yeah, I think for 7.3 million, 
he has got the potential to be great. I think when he's fully fit, his minutes will be decent. He's going to start every single game. Whether or not he'll have penalties, I'm not so sure. In preseason, I was almost certain that he would get them. But I think with Palmer converting four in four, he's probably going to get the chance to keep hold of them. If he misses, then maybe it moves to Nkunku. So he's not necessarily going to have penalties in his locker. But I don't think that's that's necessarily going to matter either. So yeah, have a rough idea of when you might want to get him in. And obviously game week 16 is when the fixtures really turn, although for an attacker, I think they're good for Chelsea from game week 14. But I would just be a bit wary about exactly when he's going to get that run of stars. I don't think it's going to be that soon. So after all the pain of owning Jordan Pickford earlier this season, I didn't think we'd still be talking about Everton defenders in game week 13. But here we are. Are Mikelenko's goals an anomaly or indicator of his future prospects due to Everton's setup? And he has done really well in recent weeks. It's probably gone under the radar a little bit. This week, in game week 12, just gone, he got a goal and assist, finished on nine points. Didn't pick up any bonus, by the way. The week before, one all against Brighton, he scored a goal, 11 points. And the week before that, in game week 10, it was a clean sheet against West Ham, where he got eight points. So he's got 28 points over three game weeks. Whether that's going to continue, I'm not completely sure. Now, Everton's stats this season have been decent. I think they're currently fifth, or, or sorry, top five for expected goals conceded, which is good. Is that going to continue? I'm still a little bit sceptical, but I'm open to the idea that it could happen. I just think with Everton, the fixtures are... They're never good for a long period of time for quite a while, right? So if you look at the next five, they've got Man United at home, Forest away, Newcastle at home, Chelsea at home, Burnley away. So the two best fixtures on paper are both away from home. You look at the next five after that, Spurs away, Man City at home, Wolves away, so another away game, Villa at home, good attack, and then Fulham away, so another away game. The five after that, they've got to play Spurs, Man City, Palace, Brighton, and West Ham. So I just don't see where the run of clean sheets is going to come from. Now, Mikolenko is nice and cheap. He's only 4.4 million. So you could potentially bench him for a lot of those games, but you're just also not playing him that often. It's not like he's 4 million where you can... I mean, look, at 4.4, you can definitely bench him, but at 4, it's much easier like at 4.4, you're getting close to the price of someone like Gabriel, for example. So I'm not convinced he's a good option for FPL, mostly because of the fixtures. In terms of his um, attacking numbers, he's on 0.12 expected goals per 90, 0.04 expected assists. Okay, he's got a goal and assist in the last game and a goal the week before that. The numbers don't indicate that his future prospects are going to be that good. There's plenty of defenders with better numbers than that. So all around, I just don't think I would be going there. I'm not convinced the clean sheets are there. I don't think his attacking potential is that great either. I think it's just one of those things where he's done really well in a short period of time. So obviously people start looking at him. But I don't think from the question, his future prospects are that good. I mean, he is getting forward. I think I saw... Um, mark on fpl black box talk about this because mcneil is on his side like mcneil might not be exciting or a flair player but he does a lot of the dirty work he does a lot of defensive work so if mikolenko wants to get forward mcneil is there to cover but the numbers don't really back up that this is going to continue so for me this would be a complete avoid for now i could be completely wrong but that's what i'm going to go with if you enjoyed that video make sure to give it a like hit that subscribe button i'm probably not going to be back now until next week when we get into the regular content but who knows maybe something else will come up in the meantime but if not enjoy the break and i'll see you next week for more content give this one a like hit subscribe rate five stars if you listen on podcasts and i'll see you again soon sports social podcast network